When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Well, hey there, beloveds. Welcome back to Really Briley. Hope you guys are having a great week. I am so far. Lots of really exciting things going on and lots of movement into all of my 2024 manifestations. And I'm stoked about that. Um, you know, uh, ha ha ha, I swear I talk for a living. If you are new around here, hi, I'm Riley, your podcast host. And I am that girl that always likes to make you either cry, laugh, go, what the fuck did she just say? Or everywhere in between. And hopefully you get a little bit of inspiration in between. Um, I really like your questions for Ask Riley this week. I actually got some really good email ones versus like Instagram ones. Um, I'm still going to do a couple Instagram ones, but I really like it when you guys email me too, because I get like a little bit more insight into the questions that you're asking. Um, So let's get into it. We'll do the Instagram first. Um, Is there any one moment from your childhood that you wish you could undo or redo? Ooh. Um, So like redo as in like relive like a good way um i wish i could redo the time that i was like 10 and i tried out for the nutcracker the tampa bay ballet company it was my first like professional i mean my only one out of any professional because you know i danced for like 12 years but i only did one professional show and I loved that time because my mom was a ballerina too but she didn't really do very well like professionally she danced the Joffrey Ballet in New York and she was like had a lot of passion for it but she wasn't really that good and she says this this isn't me saying it she said I had oodles more talent than she did I just really didn't try that hard but this was the thing that was like her living vicariously through me, you know, which isn't always a good thing as a mom, but she was so damn proud. Like when I went into that audition, it was crazy because my personal dance teacher was the director of Tampa Bay Valley company. And there was no favoritism or anything like that, but he was always a teacher that was very, very hard on me because he knew that I was good. I just was, I don't want to say I was lazy, but you know, I find out now it's ADHD. That's just like, I was dancing as a ballerina for my mom I wasn't really doing it for me. I was doing it to make her proud. So I didn't really give it like my total all. Um, But naturally I had talent there and I was walking to this room. I literally like just learned to perfect like my pirouette and 
I walk in and I see these girls doing like triple pirouettes and all of these dance combinations that I was like, oh my God, like I am the underdog and my teacher is the director. I'm going to embarrass my mom. I'm going to embarrass them. And I picked up my bag and walked out of that, you know, big, huge, you know, ballet class with mirrors and the bars everywhere. Um, That audition room was very intimidating. And the girl that you know now, the whole we got this girl would never, ever shy away from anything like that. Like not any, not much scares me now. You know, I've been through the gamut of things, but at 10, that was different. Um, and I actually bumped into my father, my stepfather who raised me in which he was absolutely no peach, but he had certain shining moments within my childhood that were proof that somewhere in there he was a good person. He just let other things overtake him, I guess. Um, but I guess it's another reason, like not only just because my mom was so proud in this moment, but because he showed who he could be. He just never really lived up to it, but he literally stopped me and I'm crying and I'm upset. I'm like, I can't do this. And he goes, you go in there and you put your best foot forward and you go get this. And my dance teacher the director of the company came and he was like oh are you okay what's going on I was so embarrassed that I was crying and I'm just like I can't I can't do this I'm not as good as them and he just didn't really say much um he just kind of looked at me and was like you you can go back in there like he was not a very he's not a man full of a lot of, of a lot of praise and of course this was back in the day with kids and coaches where you did not get a trophy for like participating you either went out there and were the best or bah you know so I went back in and I don't know what crazy like feathers took over my feet or what dance gods shined down on me or what manifestation came to life. But I remember just being like light as air, hitting my pirouettes and just into it. And when you do these, you know, auditions, or at least this is how they did then is it sat everybody down and they said, okay, this is the amount of people that are going to make it. And there was like 500 people. And they were only taking like in the entire cast for they were doing cast of extras. Like I was a soldier. Um, they were only taking like 30, maybe 50. And so they separated everyone and they didn't tell you how they were going to do it. So they said, okay, well, these people are going to leave the room. And they did it in increments. And then they were handing out letters. And at the end, I'm like, okay, this is for sure a like, thanks, but no thanks letter for me. So when I opened it, it was like, welcome to the Tampa Bay Ballet Company. I was like, what? You're fucking kidding me. Like, this can't be me. And I was like a little snarky shit. And I was like teasing my mom. So I walked out. She's got her hands and her like, you know, like clasp up to her face and just like clutching her pearls and so excited to find the news. And I just kind of meandered out like don't 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 I just looked at her all sad and I was like I made it and she gave me the biggest boa constrictor hug I have probably ever had from her because my mom's like a loving person but she's not like a big like hugger um so that was a really cool moment uh the moment that I wish that I could undo and not do over I mean I guess this is childhood because I was like 15 I had just gotten through or I was going through my first breakup my first boyfriend ever we were together for like two years that was a long time from 14 to 16 and you know he broke up with me and you know it was kind of abrupt at 16 you know 16 year olds break up or whatever and 
he'd immediately like a month later like gotten with some girl and he ended up marrying her like right after high school i don't think they're together now but i don't know like i haven't followed his facebook in a long time but i was so devastated like their first love just changes you as a person like it kind of sets the tone for how you're going to love later and i don't regret anything i did but i wish that i would have valued myself more than to handle it how i did because I chose to, you know, go get drunk and, you know, do some drugs when I was a teenager. And thank God my life didn't end up that way. It didn't end up in this shitter like a lot of the people that I ran with back in those days. But I wish that I wouldn't have taught myself in that way that I wasn't worth more than to, you know, self-sabotage. And of course, like I didn't have parents to like talk me through that you know my mom was great at talking about dance and pushing me in that way but like emotions she didn't grow up that way so she didn't you know she did the best she could but she didn't talk to me about things she didn't talk to me about sex I didn't have you know my stepfather even though he gave me that one pep talk I didn't get that you know you're worth more talk and I wish that I wouldn't have gone down that road because no matter if you come around on the other side your body still like stores trauma and memories that I really had to do a lot of work to undo later. Now, mind you, I'm glad that I did that work because I don't think that I would have been able to find the love that I have in my husband, Marshall, had I not relearned to value myself, not relearn, like relearn, like learn period. But I wish I could have done that, that series of life a little differently or like kept heartbreak until I was like 18 versus like 14 or 16. Because, you know, when you're a kid, that's literally like such a special time. And, you know, there's so many people that when they don't like live through their childhood, all the phases you're supposed to go through, they don't really know how to deal with that stuff when they get older, in a sense. So there's that. Um, Ooh, do you ever think it's okay to flirt your way to the top? Oh, okay. Okay. It doesn't say fuck. It says flirt. Oh, okay. So the very first bout I ever had with using my, I don't know, I guess like ugh, looks or like sexual energy, if you will, to be good at a job was when I was a Hooters girl. I've told the story a couple of times, but like I was a Hooters girl for like a year and then I went to Wing House, which is basically the same thing. It's just a franchise throughout Florida. Um, and I learned like being in control of knowing that I looked good and using that to leverage, you know, you were doing it for tips basically. So I learned that that was a thing. Now, when I first got into radio, trust me, I never humped and pumped where I worked. That just, I did not do that. That was an absolute fucking no to me. Um, But I did learn that my sister, like, I don't know if my sister gave me this advice and it was a good thing or not, today I would never give somebody this advice, but in that day and age where it was such a boys club, this was way before Me Too, it's sort of like my sister said to always appear to be available, but never actually be available. That sounds like shit now, right? But in my mind, I guess that was like good advice because like, don't, don't be fucking around at work, like literally and figuratively. But I learned when I was like a Hooters girl, how to like control the room in that way. Like, you know, Marilyn Monroe did that. And I, I obviously that did not work out well for her, but 
when you're in control of that sexuality in like an all boys club and again i don't know that i don't think that this is proper advice for today because although it's the pendulum hasn't completely swung the swung the other way where women are not you know inferior to men in a lot of work environments and like you can at me if you want i don't care but that's like things that i realized later that i kind of blocked out um I don't think now it's okay to be like a flirtatious one and that's how you get ahead. But I do think it's good to know your audience, right? It's sort of like, you know, if you're in an all boys club and you know that they're going to be like hitting on you, I wouldn't say go like storm the castle and sound the trumpets. Either don't do that job, which would probably be the right thing, but or just understand like if you have to play up your like I call it like your southern bell attitude like bless your heart but you're actually saying fuck you I would say that's okay but I'm not saying go flirt with the boss and like dangle the carrot of I'm gonna give you some cookies <laughs> to get the job don't do that but definitely know your audience definitely know the persona you're going to have to play if you want that job and then also decide if it's worth it because it shouldn't be about flirting it shouldn't be about that but like in in business there is a lot of networking and I'm not saying that as a woman, you should flirt and use that as a means of networking. I'm just saying, again, know your audience and know what you're willing to walk into. So no, I don't really think it's okay to flirt your way to the top. Flirt, not fuck. Um, another one that I got in the email, Dear Ask Riley, how do you truly manifest big things such as a dream job for your spouse? I'm so optimistic about every contact he gets, but I am disappointed time and time again. It's been a bit of rough time for us and we've had to try we and we've tried to enjoy and make the best of it we're beyond ready. Okay, so this is something that I talk about in my manifestation seminars all the time. Um, one, you cannot manifest something for someone else. You cannot force the universe to move the ebbs and flows of someone else's life. Like cuz this goes for like, you know, you want somebody to propose to you. You want to get engaged right now. You want somebody to be your boyfriend. You can't do that. And as a matter of fact, what I hear in here, and I get this all the time from people, and I say this in my seminars constantly, I call it the toddler effect. I have a three-year-old, so I'm very well versed in this. It's like the universe is the mom, right? And you are the toddler and you've asked for something. The idea is to set it and not forget it, but like trust that it's going to happen once you ask the universe for it. Well, by like getting excited about every opportunity and then being very let down by it not, is the universe hearing that's what you want. What you think about, you bring about. The universe doesn't discern what you're going to get if you're thinking negative things all the time. So getting down about lost opportunities instead of saying, all right, that opportunity wasn't for me, is effectively telling the universe to bring more lost opportunities. So you got to switch your brain of, okay, I know it's going to happen for us. Now, trust me, I know. I've done a couple of podcasts about getting down and out about lost opportunities and it being a rough time. I totally understand. But I literally in the last month or two have been like, all right, I am going to trust that everything is happening for me and not to me. And, and oh my God, are the doors opening up like shit. I never would have guessed in a million years, things that I never actively asked for, but was thinking about, you know, I kept thinking about the things that I wanted and where I wanted to go. And I couldn't understand like 
why my life wasn't flourishing in that direction because I was focusing my attention on all these other things. And now when I'm focusing my attention back into that, whoo girl, things are a blossoming, like a very pretty rose, just like my rose quartz. So I know you're above and beyond ready, but the universe is going to give it to you when it's for you. Because the beauty in that is that once it comes around and you finally get it, fucking nobody can take it from you ever. And even if these opportunities get taken for you, you have to know and trust, trust my friends that there is better for you. I fucking promise. And I know some of my friends, even some of my, we got this army are laughing at me right now because I have been in the past, very down in the past recently, but I am turning the tables, going back to basics and fucking practicing what I preach. Damn it. You know, (laughs) <laughs> you you really do just have to let it go because the back to the toddler effect that like when my toddler or even my eight-year-old's like mom 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 asking over and over and over again I'm just like what I don't want to give you shit at that point no you can't have that donut because you asked me 19 times now you gotta wait <laughs> and then they're hungry and mad because they didn't get their sugar rush because you asked too many times so just saying um I got another email hi Riley why do we focus so much on dating instead of free time improving on yourself and working on goals so lord i know that life um like i have free time to write to read to work out yet i and others don't take that time to use it and maximize it instead we go on bumble or tinder and swipe left and right for hours and then get annoyed like we wasted three hours and we could actually improve our goals like the universe is legit saying it's not your time do something else and I'm like nah I want to date then when I date I'm like shit I need to work on my goals oh my god this is me I really like I said like I know what that is to like strangle a goal and I always make this weird like comparison but it's almost to me like with fashion I'm a fashion junkie I love it but every time I chokehold something like if I'm doing my makeup and I want to do it for an event and I am so excited and I want this I have this specific vision that I want for my makeup and then it never ends up that way but the days that I'm like all right I want a good makeup look and I will just sit down pull whatever's out of my makeup bag that I'm feeling at that point and it's like beautiful and it's random it's like one of those random days where I'm not even doing anything I just felt like playing with my makeup or when I'm creating like a really cool new vessel for my crystal intention candles and I'm just like all right I'm gonna try this color. I'm gonna try that color. Those are always the ones that come out beautifully because it was just a random one. And then also like when I try to create, recreate it over and over and over again, it never comes out the same. That's why this year with House of W, I've decided something that I'll do a few recreations if somebody really, really loves it. But I think I'm only going to do like one of a kinds or, you know, subsidiaries of that. Like I love doing custom work. Don't get me wrong. Like if you DM me at House of W by Riley and you say, I want this custom piece and it's intentional for you, a hundred percent, I will make it. But I don't think I want to do the whole, I'm making 16 of these, like of this design that I have like this. I, I like the idea of being intentional and having one, maybe two, maybe three creations. And those are the people that get it because it was meant for them. Having said that, if you saw those little teddy bear candles I had gotten for Valentine's Day, I found two more of those vessels. So those will be up on House of W by Riley if you want to snag them because I couldn't find them anywhere. And then I was in the store and I was like, oh my God, there's two more. Woo. Um, So yeah, like I just feel like 
It is hard to refocus on your goals when you want one certain thing, but I say this story at nauseum and so many of you guys have heard it a billion times over, but I guess I need to say it again. Like if it's for you, it's going to be for you and you can't do shit about it. Like, sure, you can do your own self-work. That's what you can control. Like you, if you want a great ass, you can control that. You go squat in the gym, you eat right, whatever. But if you want your person to come along, the only thing you can do if you're in an unsure space is work on you so that you can be the fullest, the most, the highest self that you've ever been to prepare yourself for the coming of that person. Because trust me, once you get that person, you get that ring on the finger, shit doesn't get easier, <laughs> you know? And I, I always just say this, like I was going through so many different relationships and so much turmoil and I used to cry in the shower every single night. God, why aren't you giving me my person? Like, why don't I deserve it? I'm a good person. I'm a good mother. I work hard. I don't lie. I don't cheat. Like, why don't I deserve my person? Why, 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 why? I was doing that damn toddler effect with the universe. And literally, I remember dating this guy for a couple of months and I thought it was going to go somewhere. I really wasn't even like hitting on all cylinders for him. It was just, he looked good on paper. He was semi-nice. He was kind of okay. I was just ready to force my life into that next step. And he broke it off like really suddenly. And I was like super sad. And there was a couple of people that like trickled in and out after that. And I think some guy like might've stood me up or something like that. And he was just one of the ones on the roster. <laughs> frankly, but I was just like so sick of it. I was so sick of that rejection that I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Literally, it's going to be just me and my son. I'm going to enjoy my kid. I'm going to enjoy my career. And if that's all that's for me, I'm going to be the best in that that I can be. Fuck it. I, I'm done. And I had everybody makes fun of me. I had vowed on the air on live radio that I'm going to do dry January, but not with drinking, but because I stopped that a while ago, but with dating. And Marshall, I had actually started talking to him on the phone and like DMing and whatever on, in like early December. And it was just like casual. And he'd been asking me out for a while. And I, I was, I said no, like three times, like the universe was like, excuse me, ma'am, like knock, knock. I have your person right here and you're still screwing around with these Dumbledorfs or like screwing around and being sad about what you don't have. Hello. And the minute I let it go, like literally I did my vision board that year, January 1st. I was like, it's literally like. I'm going to give this up to the universe. I'm giving up to God. I'm giving it up. It's out of my hands. And yes, did I do actions to put that in motion by still working on myself, still staying hopeful? I did a vision board that had all of the things that I wanted in them. And side note, every single one came through. through. Yeah, I did that. I was hopeful and positive. And literally January 6th, five days later, Marshall and I met in person and you guys know the rest. So you just, I hate to sound so hokey pokey, but you can't fucking force fate. You just can't. And it's frustrating. And it doesn't mean like if you slip and you like open up that bumble and check around that like the universe is gonna be like, whoop, you're grounded. Go sit in the corner. No dessert for you. It's not that. It's just, you can't let your mindset completely shift out of focus because then what you're focusing on and what you want isn't gonna come to you. And I don't know, I think for people that are like empathic and in tune to manifestation and in tune to their goals and what they really want in life, like things like Bumble and Tinder don't always work. I'm not saying they don't work sometimes. You know, I met Marshall on Instagram, so pretty close. But when you're strength, when you have a chokehold on anything, because chokeholds ain't comfortable. I mean, unless you're doing something else, 
<laughs> you know, like you have to just let it go. I hate to sound like fucking Elsa because that's, <laughs> that's annoying as hell, but it's just true. You have to just leave it to the powers that be. And that is the worst for me because I'm the most impatient motherfucker there ever is. I'm a Virgo. I'm Latina. I overanalyze every damn thing, but I promise you it's like going to the dentist. I mean, <laughs> I just compared manifestation going to the, it is though. Like I hate going to the dentist. I hate all like things, teeth, like, ugh. I hate the sound of those scrapers. I hate all that. But when you go, you feel so much better afterwards and they got a bright new smile, you know? So just give it, let it go. I know I have been talking to you guys this week about something very big that's coming. And you're going to get that tease in like two days. You're going to know what I'm talking about or some of it. It is something that I really never thought I would do. It is something that many people that know me would be like, what the fuck is, wow. Some people may not agree with it. Some people might even be angry with me for it. But I'm going to take that on the chin and do what I always do and say, fuck it. We got this because I've spent a lot of time listening to other people's opinions and not doing what I feel is in my heart to do. And I really do feel like this is going to be the path for my next big thing because I have stopped choked holding this (laughs) and this all started from some random moment that I was like, all right, I want to change this. I want to change this particular feeling in my life, I want to change this particular cross that I've had to bear for a while. And I'm really glad I did. So I really hope you guys will be paying attention on the Instagrams and on the podcast. Ooh, deep breaths, friends. Um, but yeah, I really loved your guys' really rally questions. And then um, side note, you're going to be hearing a lot more of me because I'm going to be upping the podcast numbers in the next few weeks. Instead of three days a week, it's going to be five days a week. Um, And I'll tell you all about those features pretty soon. Keeping y'all hanging. But of course, the We Got This Army is going to know about this prior to everybody else. So if you are not part of the We Got This Army, you need to sign up at reallyreallypodcast.com. You can also email me at reallyreallypodcast at gmail.com and follow me on the Instagrams at reallyreallypodcast, at Couture and at House of W.I. Riley. I love you guys longest and I hope you have a great day until I talk to you next. And thank you, thank you, thank you as always for listening. It's Really Riley.